losing Harass. Brownlee's going to escape from Herrera. Brownlee trying to chip on Let's do it. Welcome to the Boot It Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum. And Jake Lucas. And Jake Lucas. It's been a long time since we've recorded, but we're back. A lot has happened in the past couple weeks. We're recording on Thursday, September 10th. And so much to cover. So much to cover in MLS, in Europe, in CONCACAF. See how the octopus is doing, uh, but uh, yeah, what what's uh, what's September life for you, Jake? Man, September life. Well, we changed things up, and normally we do this podcast at Matt's place, but we uh, moved to my townhouse that I'm renting, not owning, uh, to do this podcast. So a little change of pace from there. Um, MLS is back, so there's games at the stadium next door, Audi Field, which has been cool to see. And then uh, getting ready for Premier League starting this weekend. So that should be fun. Um, and also, i got a few trips coming up. Going to Connecticut to go to my girlfriend's uh, hometown, which should be wow. fun. Wow. Meeting yeah. the parent for the first time? Or have you already um, met them? Second time. Second time. First time was like with COVID. And we were doing social uh, distancing. It was kind of weird out, outdoors. And But this, you're stepping into their territory now. Yeah. Fun fact, it's uh, Mr. Deed's hometown. Mr. Deed's hometown. Yes. Wow. What a claim to fame. I know. Quite exciting. What about your uh, September? What do you have going on? My September has been good. We, uh, I am about to head off to Indiana and Michigan, mostly Michigan, up to beautiful Traverse City, Michigan, to visit some family, hang out on Lake Michigan. Just kind of enjoy the North Woods. Uh, so I'm a little bummed though. I'm going to be missing some of that Premier League as I'll be driving on Saturday. I'm going to have to get a play-by-play from somebody. Would you be willing to call me during the Arsenal game? No. No? No, not the Arsenal game. But hey, dude, they uh, they stole the pirate the theme for the Pirates in the 70s. We are family. That's great. We are family. Oh, the Arsenal slogan. Yes, we are family. Yes, yes. I just ripped off from the 70s Pirates, you said? Yes. Of course, the Pittsburgh Pirates. 70s, obviously. 80s, they all blend together. Obviously, one of the top clubs in the world is ripping off Pittsburgh Pirates slogans, obviously. Yes, <laughs> and Traverse City has one of the best names for a baseball team. Mm-hmm. The Pit Spitters. Or are you looking at the Beach Bums? I'm looking at the Beach Bums. Beach Bums, yes. So... They recently changed their name to the Pit Spitters, which is even better. So Traverse City, Michigan, for those who don't know, is the cherry capital of the world. Yes. Uh, That's where Spit came from. Yes. So the Cherry Pit Spitters is, I think think that's their new name. I I heard, I saw an article that they changed it. But yes, they were the Beach Bums for a while. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember interning for 
a Frontier League baseball team, which, like, it was almost like if you do a soccer equivalent, you can only be 25, and then you had to retire, go pro, or, like, actually get another job. Yeah, because you could only sustain on that wages or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, what was the name of the team? It was the Washington Wild Things. Wild Things? Wild Things. The Washington Wild Things. That's pretty good. I mean, the best I've heard is the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> that is a fantastic name. Yeah. But yes, I will be heading up there for 10 days almost. So big old road trip. I'm very excited. I need a break from work. But uh, yeah, get some time to watch some U.S. men's national team people, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Come back ready, ready to go for another episode. Yeah. But let's get into this episode. So uh, good rundown for you today. We're going to congrats the Champions League winners in CONCACAF. There are two. Everybody's thinking about one, but there are technically two. We're going to give you updates for U.S. men's national team and U.S. women's national team players in Europe. Talk about everything that's gone on MLS since the somewhat semi-normal restart. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call what's going on right now. Phase 10? Phase 14? 10A, 10B perhaps. Um, talk about some youngsters shining in MLS and some veterans also stealing the show. And then we're going to dive into CONCACAF and the Octopus World Cup qualifying Start kind of starting our previews for that. We're going to be going team by team, starting with Costa Rica, the Ticos, and just giving an outlook on both the national team and looking at the Costa Rican Primera, as we promised we would do in other CAC, with other Concacaf leagues. Um, so that's our rundown. Quite a bit to go through. Um, Jake actually is on a time crunch because he has a soccer game tonight, don't you, Jake? Yes, second match of uh, the year. How did the first match go? The first match went fantastic. Did you win? Yes. Okay, did we you won score? Almost. So the way we play, it's very American and very old school. We play soccer. Booted? Yeah. The booted style? Yep, we play soccer sweeper. So, yes. Um, great thing about it is I'm a stopper and can play defensive mid or stopper. Yeah. And uh, normally when we go up to attack, everybody just goes and tries to get behind the ball to defend. And lo and behold, I always run up there and ask for the ball to be played to me about 20, 25 yards out. So I get the ball 25 yards out. I take one touch. And it's always fun playing against a new team because they don't know how you play. Mm-hmm. And I just hear three people from my team just yell, shoot it. So I shoot it. You from, sure it wasn't booted? Yes, it was not booted. <laughs> But it was shot from 25, 30 yards out, and it was curling, hit hard. And you know when you hit a ball and it's barely going to miss? Yes. That's what happened. So uh, they had the field goal pose connected to the goal pose, yeah. and it went right between the field goal pose and the goal pose. Uh, yeah. But those are always fun to rip. Yeah. Yeah. Jake ripping lasers. Yeah, yeah. so Jake is playing full 11 on 11 right now. Uh, pretty impressive. And you can only do that in Virginia. You can't do that in the district where we live. But hopefully they'll open up soon. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Jake has a game tonight. His second second of the season. Yeah. Hoping for another victory. Hoping for a goal. Yeah, that would be great. I, I expect nothing less. Jake. Or a clean sheet. I prefer clean sheets. Clean sheet? Eh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's recreational soccer though. You want a you want a high scoring affair, right? Yeah. You want all the glory. 
I guess, I guess, I guess all the glory would be seven zero with a brace from Jake right here, right? Patrick. Patrick. Let's go okay. big. Shoot for the stars. Yeah. So what uh, what are we drinking tonight, Matt? What are we drinking, Jake? Well, I am drinking Health Aid Kombucha, which technically is an alcoholic beverage. Technically. It, yes, it, it does contain some alcohol. It is a brewed beverage. Um, yeah, we're, we're really dropping the ball on the what are we drinking segment because Jake is obviously not drinking because he wants to score a hat trick tonight. Uh, and Matt, what's the ABV by it? The ABV of Health Aid Kombucha, that is a good question. Let's see if I can find it here on the label. It's a tiny, tiny percentage, I know. I can't even find it. It's, it's, it's like... Do you want to take a know, guess? A couple percent. I'll guess 2%. How much? Way under. 0.5. Yes, yeah, 0.5%. That's right, 0.5%. 0.5%. Hey, man, 10 more of these, and I'll... Probably need more to feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, my tummy's been hurting this week, okay? Yeah, no, let's not get into details with that. People oh, are that's people all are here the details for the I'm giving, people me. are here for our soccer knowledge of our predictions that have come to fruition so far. So they, they don't uh, want to hear about my tummy. No. Well yeah, I'm hoping this alcoholic beverage makes it feel better. The zero point five percent alcohol. Yes. Hey, that counts. That counts. This would be, if I was under 18, can you drink kombucha if you're under 18? I'm pretty sure because you have to eat, drink like, what, 40 of those to get drunk? Yeah, yeah. Or tipsy. Or, yeah, tipsy maybe. As the cool kids a little bit, A little bit lightheaded. Oh, gosh. Well, all right. We'll 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 revive and, you know, actually have a good brew in hand next time, potentially. Uh, but that is that is what we're drinking for this Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, time to get into it. First things first. Slow clap for Alfonso Davies, Chris Richards, and Bayern Munich for taking the European crown. Happened a while ago at this point, but you gotta give gotta give them props. They are. They are the champions right now until next year. So Alfonso Davies, he got, he did his thing in the final, won a full 90. Chris Richards, we are congratulating him because he was training with the first team for much of the latter part of the season. So maybe he gets a ring. Do you think he gets a ring? Do they get rings for Champions League? No, they get medals. Mm -hmm. I don't think he gets a medal. I think he does get a T-shirt. There's a photo of him and uh, Davies together taking a photo with all the trophies they won this year. So it's nice. it's good he's in a winning culture and continuing to grow. Yeah, he gets to um, gram all that. He gets to gram it, right? Yeah, and saw on social media today that Audi did a skills competition between DC United and Bayern Munich. And guess who won? DC United. In the skills competition? Yes. So, so what were the different skills you had to perform? Crossbar. Okay. Defenders booting it over the goal line from the six, or okay. over the goal from the six, and then uh, cro- shooting, like curling the ball in from the sideline. Okay. So who were the players that went for each team? Oh, that's a great question. But so Al- Danny, David Alba. David Alba. 
Was there uh, Soul? Sula. Yeah. And it then I, for, I forget the third one. Um, but Birnbaum, Gressel, and Kamara. Did really? it for DC United. So you could technically say that DC United, by the transitive property, are champions of Europe. Wow. I mean, they're at least more skillful than the champions of Europe. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well. I mean, that's a, that's a nice consolation for the rest of DC United season. <clears throat> we won't mention that. Yeah, champions of Europe in a playoff spot. That's amazing. Yeah, there you go. But well, a lot more to get into with uh, the different movement. So yeah, we, speaking of Europe. Yeah, a lot of uh, rumors that we had with Weston McKinney. Is he going to go to Everton? Is he going to go to Southampton? We Any Premier League wrong. team, and we were horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> what a surprise to wake up to. I think it was like a rumor, a tweet out there that he was going to Juventus. And then within the next two days, it was confirmed he was going. Yeah, yeah. We were all kind of waiting for this to like fizzle out. It, it, it smelled a lot like the Anthony Robinson, the AC Milan thing. We were like, oh, wow. Juventus, but then it like kept on being a real thing, and then mm-hmm. he went for his medical, and then he got pictures, and then he became a member of the team. Yeah, it's Robinson was there for a medical. Did that's he it. actually go for a medical? Yeah, I yeah. believe that he got the medical, and that's where they found the heart condition. Uh, yeah, so I was expecting another one of those things where they were going to bring him in, and then it was just all going to fall apart, but it didn't. He's on the team. He is yeah. a Juventus player. Yeah. An American. Worst case scenario, he goes all Gucci on Yewu and fights Cristiano Ronaldo instead of fighting Zlatan. He gets kicked <laughs> off the team. Best case scenario, like, I think he is like Michael Bradley uh, when he played at Roma for a couple of seasons. Yeah. So active midfield. Right. So, that, I mean, we, we talked about it on the show before. Where in the world do you play Weston McKinney? What I heard just in different sources that I was reading and podcasts I was listening to that now that Blaise Matuidi is has joined Inter Miami that that sort of right or left midfield diamond in a diamond midfield might be a good spot for him where he's he's not he's he's not quite a winger not quite a number ten but he's kind of that in between that Matuidi was playing for France and for Juve. Um, up until he left. So would love to see him in that role. They, they've got, I mean, they've got a decent amount of midfielders already. Betancourt is kind of their metronome guy, the uh, Uruguayan holding midfield. So you wonder if they're going to keep him there. Um, but as we know with Weston, plug him in anywhere and he'll perform for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, worst part, like it's depth, but... If you look at like the three players they have, with like Artur mm-hmm. and how do you? I always Betancourt, Betancourt. Artur Betancourt, and I always mess up his name. Rabio, 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 Adrian Rabio. That's right. The recent acquisition from PSG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are three out and out like eights, mm-hmm. eight number eight midfielders, kind of a box to box folks. So. So, I, so that, that actually kind of makes sense that he would play maybe in a more attacking winger midfielder role. Yeah, but I think... But not as a true winger. 
Pirlo, the way he wants to play, though, he needs a he wants a ball winning midfielder. Yeah, and he fits that mold where you have the high energy, wins the ball, and he has a ton of time to develop. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're going to have competitive games all the time. Yeah, it's the Serie A. Yeah, it's a retirement league of Europe. The retirement league of Europe. <laughs> Uh, let's hope it's well. Well, we it could still be a retirement league for Weston if he continues on there, wins yeah. many championships. Well, it's going to be really exciting to see where and how he plays for Juve. I mean, that we're talking about a perennial Italian champion, and there's a guy. I mean, maybe he won't start most of the games, but I'm sure he'll come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Pirlo probably knows him from his MLS days, short-lived, but he did have MLS days, Pirlo. Yeah. Um, when he wasn't injured. When he wasn't injured or smoking on the sidelines. Or both. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, congrats to Weston. I'm, I cannot wait to watch more Juve this, this year. Is that got dropped from ESPN Plus or they still have it from ESPN Plus this year? Yeah. I think they still have it on ESPN Plus. Yeah, because, because didn't ESPN... Also get what other league did they get this year? Uh, they got the, the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. That's right. I think they have both the Bundesliga and the mm-hmm. Serie A. Yes, it should be on ESPN Plus. Yeah. I think this is last year for it though. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm a subscriber. Let's go. Yeah. In uh, other news, um, we know Pulisic. Is where he's at, but he has now received number 10 shirt, which is kind of a big deal. I mean, I don't know how big, it probably varies by club how big of a deal this is, but considering all the other talent that has come into Chelsea, probably a vote of confidence, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going from Hazard to William to him. And even if you get before that, you got Cole, not Ashley Cole, Joel Cole. Joel Cole, yes. Who spent time with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. USL represent. Yes, yes. So that's really cool. And not only that, we we saw his last action at, in the FA Cup final where he pulled up with uh, what looked to be a pretty bad industry, uh, in, injury, um, hamstring injury. And he seems to be on the mend and might even play in the first game. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard at least. So yep. let's hope we see that. I'm starting this week in my fantasy league. Wow. You have that much confidence. Yes. That is pretty impressive. Um, I sure hope that you're right and he gets you a ton of points because that'd be awesome. (laughs) So staying in England, another rumor that's going around is Cameron Carter-Vickers might be going to recently demoted Bournemouth. Um, so Cameron Carter-Vickers, 22-year-old center back, spent each of the last three seasons on loan in the championship. Um, he appeared for Ipswich, Sheffield United, back when they were in the championship, Swansea, Stoke City, and Lutton Town most recently. Um, he has 92 appearances in the in the second tier, all, all told. So that's pretty impressive. So Bournemouth, you know, they'll be wanting to go back up and... and probably be one of the better teams in the championship mm-hmm. um, given how successful they were in the Premier League. So be cool to see if he lands there or, if, I mean, he's, he's certain to stay in the 
in the championship at least. I mean, he, he did have some time for Tottenham in the preseason, but I think that's kind of a yearly thing where he they bring him in for the first team and do some preseason matches, and then they kind of get him on loan. So, yeah, And I believe this is his last year with uh, Tottenham. Last but, year of his contract? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, apparently Mourinho wants to keep him at the club. Okay, okay. So he's impressed Mourinho. That's good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, he'll learn how to park the bus. Park the bus. Yeah, what other? What better defensive coach could you ask for than Jose Mourinho, right? I got a few that come to mind. Speaking of Jose Mourinho, have, been watched, have you watched the Tottenham series? No, I have not. Amazon yeah. Prime, right? Yes. So my roommate, Staley, our, oh, intern. I'm sorry, our intern, Staley, also my roommate. Cat's out of the bag now. He, uh, he's a big Tottenham guy, and he has watched all of the episodes. And I watched a few of the episodes. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're obviously putting a show out for the camera, but Jose Mourinho doesn't doesn't seem like as bad of a guy as he gets as he gets no, you know, portrayed. It's him talking to the media. Yeah. He, the players love playing for him, mm-hmm. and he seems like a great guy. And even just seeing like the celebrations he's done on the sidelines with people, yeah. uh, like my favorite like photo of him is like Manchester might have been Chelsea or when he was with Real Madrid, but they're playing against the LA Galaxy and the LA Galaxy mascot. It has, um, he's holding up a sign. It just says it's called soccer because somebody said soccer and Jose oh. said it's a uh, football. <laughs> nice. One of my favorite things about Jose Mourinho from the episodes is just his halftime talks. It's first thing, confidence. <laughs> you must have confidence. Second thing, defense. It's so funny to impersonate him. Even if he's talking to the news, me, it's so hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, we do not have the players. We we cannot win without the players. And the board has told me about the players. Man. Pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty solid. We could do a whole skit about talking as Jurgen Klinsmann and Jurgen Klopp in Jose Mourinho. <laughs> yes. But we'll save that for next time. Next time, Jurgen Klopp and Jose Mourinho join us in our bodies. We're going to cut <laughs> that one out. <clears throat> Sounds like Yikes. a keeper to me. Um, so, other, just real quickly, other European things. Tim Weah has finally gotten time for Lille. He's back on the field. He came on in their first game as a substitute. Let's hope and pray that he doesn't get another injury so that he can stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but excited to see what what he does with the season. And uh, rumors around the Sancho move, or are they not rumors? What, what do you, what's the latest on Jaden Sancho? And the reason that we talk about that is that he... As Sancho leaving Dortmund would open up more space for Gio Reyna. Yeah, and get Reyna more minutes, too. I think where they're at, Sancho has agreed to personal terms with Man United for a couple months, but Bayern, or, uh, Dortmund is hoping for another bid. And I think they said 120 million euro is the threshold, and if that gets paid, that means more time for Reyna, which is better, better for us. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> Right, the Man United rumors have been ongoing for a while with Jaden Sancho, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they'd probably buy another player with that money if it's truly that much, but but then that player would have to adjust, and Gio Reyna would have a leg up. So yeah, and let's give uh, let's give Reyna and McKenny some credit. 
It's not like back in the old day when we thought like when Bobby Convy went to Reading, he's going to take over the world. Now like we can still have that confidence in these kids. Like Reina, like Reina, everything he's done, he has a pedigree with his parents, not only just his dad, but his mom too. Yeah. Um, ESPN has like an awesome, awesome uh, segment on him. Yeah. But really excited to see him continue to break out and hopefully he can be up there for like a young player of the year for the Bundesliga and yeah, even like the FIFA young players. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Convy, what a... What a throwback. Yeah. Love that guy. Sweet left foot. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we've got, we've talked about it in previous episodes. It's an amazing time to be an American soccer fan. Some of these young guys are breaking through in Europe. Yeah. And um, we're not even talking about just the guys breaking into Europe. Yeah, I was That's... about to say, what's the latest news on our favorite women's national team players, Jake? Yeah, well, Christy Press... And Tobin Heath signed with Manchester United. Women's team. The women's team. So here's the question. Can you have a a men's Premier League team and a women's Premier League team? Yes, the question of can you have two clubs in the Premier League if you're rooting for one Premier League and one Super League, which is what it's called. The The women's division. What say you, Jake? I, I mean, I'm good with my Arsenal men and Arsenal ladies. I'm good with my Everton men and my Everton ladies, too. But I also want to support our women that are going over. Yes. And I feel that I do need to have a second women's team because Manchester United's women definitely will be making NBC Sports a lot more often than Everton. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the Pulisic going to Chelsea. I don't like Chelsea, but I like Pulisic and I like watching him, so I'm going to watch him. Yeah, but yeah, bringing it um, back to the other side of the pond and talking MLS soccer. Yeah. We're back. Well, first... We're back, back, back. That's right. We're, we're really back. We're in phase 10A or 10B. Mm-hmm. I can't decide which one yet. Um, but last bit of... European news is Reggie Cannon is officially a Bauvista FC signee. Mm-hmm. Have he, you seen their jerseys? I have not. They're pretty good. Yeah. So Portuguese side, Bauvista. Um, the key thing about this move, it's, it's kind of weird. You might think, who the heck is this club? Uh, they have a pretty strong link with Lille. And in fact, is somewhat of a pipeline to Lille, the mm-hmm. team that Tim Weah plays on. So there is kind of the assumption that Reggie will start at Bavista, get get his European legs under him, and eventually move on up to the to Ligue 1. Ligue 1. Ligue 1. <laughs> Next to Formula. Uh, Let's see these jerseys. Oh, looks like a checkerboard. I, I'm a huge yeah, fan of the checkerboard. It's like Croatia, but black and white instead of red and blue. Yeah, they're okay. It's very Portuguese. I like it. A little bit of flair. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So I don't know if there's going to be Portuguese League on television, but hopefully we'll get like YouTube highlight videos of Reggie Cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, speaking of MLS, there's been a ton of games going on since the tournament stopped. Uh, I feel like every couple of nights there's like six or seven of them at once. But that's how they're doing it. They're just kind of doing that regional thing and... 
uh, playing multiple games against the same teams as COVID continues to uh, be managed by MLS. Uh, but the really cool thing is that a ton of American youngsters are getting time. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I know you have a few youngsters that are favorites. But uh, I actually pulled together a spreadsheet, because I'm a nerd like that, of all the minutes that all the American players in the MLS have played. And I organized it by under-22 players, players that are 22 to 25, kind of in that in-between zone where they might still break out but really need to do so soon. And then just kind of all players, so the veterans down to the young guys. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll start with the under-22 guys. Really cool to see this list. So in the top 10... So first of all, there's one player under 22 in the United States player that has played 100% of every minute of every game for their team. And by the way, each MLS team has played anywhere between 8, eight to 11 games total so far between the tournament and the... Well, actually between pre-COVID, the tournament, and the, this new restart. Um, but that is... Any guesses? You won't get it. Are you sure? Frankie Amaya. Uh, nope. You're looking at a diff You're looking probably at the 22 to 25 list. Um, he has, he is one of the leaders. Um, I, up oh, I updated this based on yesterday's games. That's might be what you're saying. Sam Vines for Colorado mm -hmm. left back. He is 21 or will be soon. Uh, 21 years of age, has played in every single match in every single minute. The second place for the under-22 group is James Sands for NYCFC. And then Mark McKenzie. Henry Kessler has played 82% of all the minutes of, the, of New England's games. Uh, Jesus Ferreira has played half of the minutes for FC Dallas. Uh, John Nelson, who's a little-known guy, uh, for FC Dallas as well, has played over half the minutes. And then your boy, Kevin Paredes, yes. over half the minutes for DC United. So those are kind of the headliners. Other other folks in the under-22 category that are pretty interesting are uh, Donovan Pines, another DC United player. Uh, Daryl DK, who went on a scoring streak not too long ago for Orlando City and is just a monster of a man. Mm -hmm. Abu Bakar Keita, who was one of the stars of the under-20 men's national team run in the World Cup. And Tanner Tessman, another FC Dallas player who has gotten over a third of the minutes. Um, so those are some cool names. Um, I think you are correct in that Frankie Amaya, is he under 22 still? Um, according to the spreadsheet, yes. It says yes. he's 19. Mm, I think he's older than that. But it's kind of interesting to see how many of these are like academy players compared to those that went to an academy and then joined Major League Soccer. Yeah. So you look at Busio, you look at Preyas, you look at a player like Donovan Pines. Um, I believe Reggie Cannon went to UCLA before he signed with FC Dallas. Um, yes. But it's kind of right. interesting. You see, you go through the academy, you go to school for one or two years, and then you join back. But it seems like the teams that do have that pathway where I don't think FC Dallas has a USL team, but you look at the clubs, so like Sporting KC, DC United, LA Galaxy, 
these players are going from their academy to USL for a year or two, getting 30 to 40 games, and then jumping in there to be a pro. Yeah. Um, which I just find pretty unique. It's almost having your reserve team. Yeah. Um, to loan out players and then pull them up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, especially FC Dallas Academy, super successful, obviously. Reggie Cannon's gone there. Uh, that's where Weston McKinney came from, the FC Dallas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like college soccer is being phased out more and more, but there's still value. I mean, some of these players have are going for a year or two. Frankie Amaya, I believe, went for a year and he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's, yeah, college soccer is pretty high level still, and it's not, it's not irrelevant yet, quite yet. Uh, so moving into the 22 to 25 group, there are two more players that have played 100% of every minute of every match, and that is another left back, Chase Gasper, and for Minnesota, who I watched last night actually, uh, a game against FC Dallas, and Jackson Yule, which we've talked about mm-hmm. many times. Um, other players, so Christian Roldan has played 99% of the minutes. How's Brooks he under Lennon. 25? That guy he feels... is he's twenty so sorry, he's twenty-five exactly. Twenty-five or twenty-six. Yeah, he feels like he's younger than you think. I felt like he was like twenty-nine. Yeah. He's been around for forever. Yeah, so his birth year is nineteen ninety-five. So twenty yeah, twenty-five-ish. So he's twenty-five-ish. Ish. Ish ish. So other other players, Brooks Lennon, the right back for and now Atlanta. Maurice, Mauricio Pineda, who's been impressing for Chicago. He's he came out of college. Um, he's kind of a defensive mid or a defender. Kyle Duncan for the Red Bulls. Aaron Herrera for Real Salt Lake, we mentioned in, in a previous podcast. Also an outside back pro, uh, prospect. And then we've got Chris Miller on this list. Miles Robinson that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Keaton Parks. Eric Williamson and Bobase. And all, all these people have played over half of, of the minutes for their team. Keaton Parks is a monster, too. He's like, it has to be 6'3", playing. He's long and lanky. Yeah. Um, so cool names on this list, and they're and they're getting it's cool. They're getting minutes. Um, these under twenty five U.S. men's national team guys. Uh, so on the veteran side of things, um, you have guys like Walker Zimmerman, uh, Daniel Lovitz, uh, Omar Gonzalez, Starlington Nagby, and Sebastian Lejet, of course, Jossi Zardes, Matt Hedges. Justin Glad. So there's, you know, those are the folks that you expect to play every minute of every game. They're kind of stalwarts. They're a lot of those guys are stars. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate to say that Omar Gonzalez is a quote unquote star. Let's even go older with those, the older players too, like Graham Zuzzi. Yes. Like that dude's still still crushing it. Yes. Graham I don't even Zuzzi. know. Perry Kitchen is still playing. That's. Yeah, he's uh, for the Galaxy, right? Wow. Uh, uh, Jordan Morris, we've got to mention, played in over 75% of all minutes of every game. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Emerson Heinemann. So, you know, we expected from those guys, in fact, it'd, tear, it'd be bad if they weren't. I think, I think the point that I'm making here is twofold. Awesome playing time for some awesome young, young guys. Especially some young left backs. So, in I mentioned three left backs: Sam Vines, um, Chase Gasper, and then who's it there? Oh, well, Brooks Lennon is an outside. But he, he could be a 
Brooks Lennon and Aaron Herrera both can can go both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. Hassanic Dotson was another guy, central midfielder, getting lots of minutes. So so it's awesome to see that. And I think as American players continue to gain momentum in Europe, I think those are some of the guys that you might see go. James Sands, right? Yeah, and it's great to see them get the minutes here and when you get to that level. So, like, you look at these players already, and we're already talking about um, Mackenzie, Aronson. Like, these players are getting closer and closer to making that jump. Like, stay another year in MLS, finish out the season, Mm -hmm. get sold in January, or wait till the next summer window. Get that experience so you can go and walk into the first team. And I think that's where, like, we're looking at these players, and you can sell too quickly. Um, but like holding them for another year is going to get that benefit, especially like these younger kids, because when they turn 18, there's more investment for the club. Like if they're 17, they have to go to their academy team. Yeah. So when they're 18, I think like people are going to be jumping for Busio. Um, but is it the right move? Probably not. Um, and I think we'll get hopefully get to a point where like these younger players, like we're looking at them at the MVP caliber. And when they can stay, become that MVP calendar, MLS 11 MVP calendar or candidates, as soon as that happens, that's when they go overseas. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get to that point soon. And the way they're developing and growing these players, it's been pretty amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. You, it's, the days are gone where you can just be an MLS role player and expect to have an impact on the men's national team. And that was kind of what I was going to get into next. We, the guys that we went through on our rosters, our dream rosters in the first episode, guys like Sebastian Legette and Jordan Morris, those are bona fide stars. They are dominant players. In my opinion, you have to be, you have to be a star, if not dominant, in the MLS to, I think, to, to really get on the first team radar at this point. There's too much talent to, to not have that. And so, yeah, as you said, hopefully a lot of these guys will, will get gain that status, go to Europe. But you mentioned uh, Gianluca Busio, the Sporting KC midfielder. He's he's getting interests from Italy as well. Mm-hmm. Juventus again, other other clubs like Fiorentina, Roma, Napoli. Uh, he's getting it from all over. Yeah, so he'll have uh, options when he turns eighteen. Yeah, so that'll be really exciting to see. He's so young. I think he just turned seventeen. Uh, he's uh, turning eighteen, I believe, next year. Yeah. In 2021. Yeah. So young. So mm-hmm. young. Yeah. Um, anyways, wanted to talk about that. And lots of lots of good minutes for a lot of good young players in the MLS. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more later on when we dive more into MLS, young players, and the development of these players and continuing to grow both the league and the young Yanks that can win us a World Cup one day, hopefully, for the men. Yes. Um, and looking at the World Cup, we'll uh, we'll go down south and head to the islands of Isla Sorna, not to check out dinosaurs. Well, kind of check out dinosaurs because we're going to be talking about the Costa Rica national team. Oh, dinosaurs! Who would have thought? You, you listen to a podcast, you get a Jurassic Park reference, and it actually works. <laughs> yes, the dinosaur. Yeah group that is the Costa Rican the national team. Yeah, but let's uh let's talk about the last time we saw Costa Rica play Matt. Do we have to? I think so. Uh, Did you go to Copa America in Chicago or no? Yes. 
So we can talk about the good times and the good bad times. times. Bobby Wood Brace, I think, in the Copa America for 2016. R.I.P. Bobby Wood's career, mm-hmm. wherever that is. Yeah, Dempsey had a goal. Dempsey had a goal. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. John Brooks was killing it. And then fast forward to 2017. September 1st, I think, 2017, or September 3rd. Sometime. Red Bull Arena. Oh. Yeah. Sad, sad times. Yes. We we watched hopelessly as all of our best national teamers could not find a way to score against Costa Rica. And a brace from, uh, what is his name? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He was in the MLS. He just got two breakaways and finished them. It was not Brian Ruiz. No, it was not Brian Ruiz. It was... Well, we'll have to correct it in the next episode. Yeah, it wasn't Blanco, right? No, no. The, the, we cannot think of this guy's name, but he, I remember him mm-hmm. and his goals. Oh. I remember Pulisic had a good chance that he missed that game. Yeah. But bad. honestly, that's where like I got a lot of respect for Keller Navas. Like, he stood on yes. his head, made some amazing saves, especially on Pulisic. Um and was just a rock star for them in the back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun time going into the game, the tailgating with the American Outlaws going over and it's kinda of funny. We both went to the game but we sat in different sections. That's right. We I met these random people and they led us to their section, which was great. It was like lower level corner seating. Where the heck did you sit? I said uh, above the goal in the second tier. Okay. Yeah, Red Bull's okay. a great stadium, but they have a horrible team, so we won't praise them too much. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Anyway, sad day, sad day, but with another round of World Cup qualifying coming mm-hmm. up in the Octopus, we've got to kind of consider our competition here. So we're going to start with Costa Rica. And as Jake mentioned with the dinosaur reference, (laughs) they are an aging group. So Costa Rica is kind of coming off of a golden generation. They're at the very end of it. They're probably already past it at this point. So guys, talisman like Brian Ruiz, um, like Borges, um, like... The aforementioned Kaylor Navas, although Kaylor Navas probably has got a few good years in him. Um, guys like that are a thing of the past, and we're really looking at a new generation of uh, Costa Rican national team players that are kind of underwhelming. So Kaylor Navas, age 33, he's a goalie. He's, he's got another World Cup in him, we know. They're definitely not going to – he's the best player probably ever for Costa Rica. They've got guys like Joel Campbell, who we talked about before, had a breakout 2014 World Cup when Costa Rica made it all the way to the quarterfinals, but has kind of just dropped off. He mm-hmm. he's a he plays for Leon in Mexico, and you know he's a he's a solid contributor, but he didn't quite live up to the expectation of when he was in Arsenal. Um, got some younger younger promising guys in MLS, guys like Alan Cruz, who plays for Cincinnati. Um, guys like Randall Leal, guys like 
Luis Diaz plays for Columbus Crew, age age twenty one. Good good young wingers and midfielders there. Again, not of the level of what a Brian Ruiz and 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 now now, now that I'm looking at the rosters, Marco Urena. That was the guy that tortured us. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Like when you look at it, a lot of the clubs that the last call-ups have been playing for, um, like over the calendar year of 2019, which obviously was a transition year, um, but most of them are playing in Costa Rica or in Major League Soccer. And I think that's um, that's always the challenge with like these CONCACAF teams. You have them playing in very similar leagues with very similar mentalities, and yeah. then that just breaks it they might not be the best talented players like playing in Europe and all over and having players in Italy, Spain, Portugal, England, but they have their identity and that's always going to be something hard to go after. But their age, um, just looking at the, the caps and everything too, it's going to be interesting going into the next qualifiers. Like Joel Campbell is probably going to be like the person they're going to rely on for goals and chances. It's going to be, yeah. How far can Navas help carry this team? Yeah, because you know, looking back at the 2014 mm-hmm. roster, kind of that gold made. I mean, they had they had one of their defenders playing, a couple of defenders playing over in Europe, a couple a guy in Germany, Junior Diaz, Oscar Duarte was playing in Belgium. They had midfielders playing overseas as well. Christian Bolaños, he's he was a big uh, player for them over the years. Celso Borges that I mentioned, um, and then. Brian Ruiz was kind of the, their talisman. He had a couple different stops in some, for some top clubs in Europe. They are essentially no more, so they're looking to this new generation, which, as you say, might have you know grown up together, kind of playing in Concacaf, probably know each other pretty well, but you know they haven't done well recently in any competitions, mm-hmm. Gold Cup, anything like that. So they're 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 kind of in need of a spark. Yeah, they still have Brian Oviedo though, Everton legend. Brian Oviedo, Everton legend. That's right. He's only thirty years old. Actually. I believe he scored a goal against Manchester United, and that's what got um, Moyes uh, sacked. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, Brian Oviedo. He now plays for Copenhagen in yep. Denmark. But you know, guys like Oscar Duarte and uh, Celso Borges. Now they're 31, 32, still still playing in Spain. So you know that that's those are some, some some solid players to kind of put a core around still. But again, you just need some of these younger players to to step up and become more contributing members to their to the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even looking uh, domestically, let's. Uh... Let's educate people in the Costa Rican league. Yeah, so uh, since since so, so many of those players are playing in the Costa Rican league, mm-hmm. and they have a very interesting setup. Um, so for those that don't know, it's uh, actually the Liga de Football de Primera División. And um, fun fact, it follows the same format as Liga MX, where you have the opening and then the closing, the Porta and the Clausura. Yep, so, Abitura and Closer, just like Mexico. Yep, dividing it between the fall and uh, the spring. And this year, um, teams, it's been a mix. Um, Saprissa, um, they've only played one match, but some teams have played five so far. And historically, the top three clubs have been Her- Herdania, 
Aloense and Saprissa. Saprissa yes. has the most with 35 championships. 35 championships. That's pretty dang impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that Alahuense, man, I'll never be able to pronounce that, has 29. 29 championships. But Herediano is, I think, the reigning champion. They're kind of an up-and-comer. Um, so the current standings, as Jake said, through, through four games, they're split into two groups. So you have Saprissa in one group, and then you have Herediano and Aluelense in another. And um, Saprissa's actually only played one game, interestingly enough. But uh, the other two are off to a good start. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I mean... Uh, take a look at the stats with uh, this, too. So, top goal scorer, Jonathan McDonald with four. Jonathan McDonald? That's a... Is he a Costa Rican player? Yeah, he is. He's a Costa Rican player. And he's 32 years old. Interesting. Well... That's so... according to Wikipedia, our uh, main source. For... <laughs> our main source of information for everything that we do. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's tied with uh, three other players... And Alvaro Sabarillo is still playing. Oh my uh, goodness! How old is he? Like thirty-eight. Uh, great question. He is only yes, he is thirty-eight. Nailed wow. it. Great wow. guess by me. MLS legend right there. That's right. And Costa Rican legend. Yeah. Um, throughout five games, guess who? What's the highest yellow cards that have been given? To a player. Yep. To one player. Oh, probably five. Probably one game. Three. Three. Yeah, only three. three. Mm-hmm. Lorato Ayala. That Ayala, man, I tell you. <laughs> Who would have thought? So it's misbehaving over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one, two, there's over 10 players that have received one red card. Okay. Yeah. What a lead. Yep. We need to get this on ESPN+. Plus. That sounds like CONCACAF special right there. Yes. But, yeah, really excited. Um, halfway through their fall season, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. And I believe the fall winner... If you automatically, if you win the fall and the spring, you automatically get into Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we typically see Saprissa in the Champions mm-hmm. League, Herediano, Illuminese, kind of those top three. Mm-hmm. And they are always tough outs. I mean, yeah. MLS teams really struggle with them. So if, if not, lose to them. To qualify for CONCACAF Champions League, the real Champions League, uh, you can be a double winner. So win the Aporta or a Clausura. And you're automatically in the second stage of the Champions League. Um, after that, the two non-championship champion teams with the best aggregate record at the end of the season will qualify. So mm-hmm. combining both. And then if there's two different winners, the champion with the best aggregate will be moved to the second round. The champion with the worst aggregate record would have to qualify for the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. And then, playoffs? Yes. And mm-hmm. then the non-champion would have to do the same thing and qualify for CONCACAF Champions uh, League. I see. Mm-hmm. But it's basically, if you make it, you're in the elimination. Yeah. There's no group stage or anything like that anymore. Got it. Got it. It's kind of a, a league of giants with mm-hmm. those three, but interesting, interesting as it is. Yes. But yeah... Just like dinosaurs, the T-Rex, and Jurassic Park, we believe Costa Rica may be extinct during the octopus. <laughs> yeah, prospects aren't too high. I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly not a pushover, but you know, you're, you're almost more scared of, of teams like Honduras that have like an Al- Albert Elise mm-hmm. and a Romel Kyoto on the wings who just can, on their day, can just roast anybody in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the region. So yeah. 
But also, like, if you have one of the best keepers in the world, and Navas is still yeah. top 10 keeper. X-Factor. Um, yeah, so he can always make make or break a match. Um, and hopefully our young guns can finish and put everything away. If not, Josie and Zardes can just finish a ton of balls. Yeah, Zardes can have things hit hit, up, hit on the back of his head and, you know. Go in the net. Go in the net, because that's hey, what he does. A goal is a goal. A goal is a goal is a goal. Yeah, so... As a recap, you know, we, they, they would need strong performances from guys like Joel Campbell. They would need veteran presence from guys like Celso Borges and uh, Oviedo, maybe even. Obviously, um, obviously, Kaylor Navas. Ronald Macharita is also a talented guy, plays for New York City FC. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have some pieces, not as, you know, not as glamorous as they were even three or four years ago, but we'll see. They uh, they play Mexico in a friendly September mm-hmm. 30th, actually, in Mexico City, so that'll be an interesting way to gauge what they have. Yeah, but of course they're only going to be most likely getting like North Americans or Central Americans to go play. I don't think you're going to... Yeah, right, the, from the people coming from Europe might be a little bit limited, which, to their credit, they don't have too many, yeah, <laughs> at least important sure. players. Speaking of the octopus, uh, there's been a postponement already. So the first qualifying round, which we described in the second episode, or the first? Go back and listen, listeners, because we don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where the kind of, the so the, the top five make it all the automatically into the octopus, and then the rest of them have to uh, battle for the last three spots. It's already being pushed back to June 2021, or March and June 2021. They were originally scheduled for October and November. So that's probably gonna have a ripple effect. Um, and the US will, says we'll now begin games uh, in not till October f- of 2021. Mm-hmm. So we've still got a long, long way to go. Yeah, for sure. But we'll see that's probably gonna change every single day. Like we've seen it with leagues around the world, so. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have to adapt when that, uh, that happens. So, I hope we don't wait that long. No, but it's a bu- it's a bummer. But we'll we'll get it. Yeah. We'll we'll probably be qualifying for the World Cup like the day before the World Cup starts. Yeah, in Qatar. Whenever the draw is, I think the draw is not till like May that year. So we can wait till then. Perfect. April thirty first, we'll be playing. Or they could just do it where like they go and pick it whatever Concacaf spot one, two, or three are. I think they did that with nations in the past, um, but that would be pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, looking at our uh, crystal ball, let's uh, let's wrap it up with uh, the bold predictions we have for the Premier League. Yes. So why don't you kick us off with what what are the, what are we predicting? Yeah. So we're having three bold predictions for what's going to happen in the Premier League season. Okay. Since we're kicking that off, uh, focused on American players. Focusing on American players. Yes. So the first player I'll go with is Zach Steffen. My prediction is that he'll start at least five matches in the Premier League this year. At least five, at least five in matches in the Premier League? In the Premier League, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you're not saying whether that's due to injury or whether it's due to form? No, I'll, I'll just say I'll play five matches. Five matches, okay. Yeah. Uh, number two, Christian Pulisic will finish as a top player. A finalist for top player in the Premier League this year. Wow. And then number three, 
Fulham in Newcastle will go down. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I also have a prediction about Fulham. Mm-hmm. Um, my prediction about Fulham is that a three out of four CONCACAF lineup of Anthony Robinson, Tim Reeb, and Michael Hector of Jamaica will be the starting lineup for no fewer than 10 games in the season. Oh, wow. That's my first prediction. Uh, second prediction, obviously we got to do Christian Pulis. Christian Pulisic will have a double-double season, 10 goals, 10 assists. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Pretty impressive, pretty impressive. And I'm trying to think of another, besides Zach Steffen, how else can I... What other categories of American players do we have here? So you have Yedlin, you have Anthony Robinson. There's also a wild card. Actually, I'll take that back. What I said about Fulham and Newcastle going down. You can't take it back your prediction. Yes, yes I can. Okay. Because I'll change it to at least two teams that have an American on it will be relegated. At least two teams with a American will be relegated. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good bet. So that includes Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, my bet is that DeAndre Evans switches clubs at the winter break. Where does he go? I think he goes to a. I think Newcastle do well this year. Mm-hmm. I think he goes to a struggling Premier League side that's battling relegation. So it might fulfill your last. <laughs> Prediction. <laughs> that is my prediction, that he is not long for Newcastle tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been kind of an up and down for him anyways, but he could use a fresh start. All right, well, Premier League gets started this weekend, so we'll see how much of those come true. But uh, that's all for this one. Yes. So Matt is heading out to Michigan. Yep. And I'm heading out to the soccer field. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Only one of us will come back alive. I hope we both do. <laughs> well, we'll have Deuce in the background. Yeah. Rapping for us. So we'll all be good. Yeah. Well, it's been a, been a pleasure. It's been a close, probably 10 hours, maybe three hours. You're paying attention the whole time. We'll leave it here. Deuces. Deuces. Another.